everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Mahila Collective, where we explore changing times and our evolving selves as Siddhi feminist types. I'm your host, Apoorva. The topic for today's episode stems from a recent discussion where we started to identify what savior complex is and how it translates itself in various situations, leading people to feel like they need to save the humanity in the world. We dissect how this altruism can vary from being beneficial to being extremely performative. And building on that, we explore what it means to make a difference and the expectations we have from ourselves and the top 0.01%. Hey everyone, this is Parina. So I think today's topic is very unique and we ourselves haven't seen this in the mainstream discourse that much. So it will be really exciting to explore this. And while it stemmed from a recent discussion, uh, there are quite a few ideas that we always wanted to discuss on the podcast that we'll probably be able to explore today as well. So looking forward to this one. Hi, everyone. This is Shruti. Um, While the topic is uh, interesting and everything, I am just uh, very excited that this probably might be the last episode of this year. And I am just in a very nostalgic mood right now, uh, you know, thinking of where we were last year this time, uh, just figuring out what what should be the name, what should be the poster and all of that. So, yeah, I think it's a really great milestone we're almost about to reach. Yeah, I think Abhi uh, with the Spotify recap also that came in. So I think we all became like very emotional that um, and it was the first time getting the creator end of that. Yeah, so that was really exciting. <laughs> like it was, I think, quite fun when, you know, a lot of people reached out to us that their most heard podcast was the Mahila Collective <laughs> and they listened to this many minutes of the Mahila Collective with like a family to them. So I'll take it back to the main discussion. <laughs> so I don't know how many of the listeners are aware of this show on Netflix. It's called The Bold Type. I discovered this a while back and I kept pestering Parana and Shruti to watch it <laughs> until they like finally gave in and they absolutely <laughs> loved it. Um, so we started discussing a lot of episodes um, and there's a character on the show, Kat. Um, and several storylines indicate that she has need to save your complex. So savior complex or white knight syndrome is this need people have to save others by fixing their problems, right? So what are your views on, you know, saving people and being saved by others? Yeah, so I think while on paper, it may seem like saving people uh, is a really good thing. It often becomes really harmful. And like you mentioned, Kat, so what she often did was make the other person like a project. And she kept moving on from one project to another once that desired result was achieved. So, uh, I mean, the person who you're trying to help is an actual person. So it ends up causing a lot of harm to them as well. And... Yeah, I mean, uh, like the reason that we're so like discussing this, because I think this is where we first started exploring this, that what it actually means to, you know, have this sort of a savior complex. Um, So like, uh, like Parana mentioned, that you make the person a project. And so uh, what happens is that, you know, that um, you start to, uh, you know, help them in the way that you feel comfortable. And then in the way that you think that, okay, this is what they need. And this is how I should be helping them without realizing that, you know, what 
what they might need so another uh, you know a character that comes to my mind is that in uh, this is us we had a uh, randall right so uh, he grew up in a white family and he became aware you know how uh, uh, various black folks uh, in and around his neighborhood were uh, not as privileged so he he now that is when his savior complex started kicking in and he felt that okay i should be doing something without realizing what the community actually needs because he did not grow up in that community right so i think uh, uh, i mean personally all three of us uh, as in when we started talking about this we started to identify it in almost probably every pop culture character <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, probably in our lives around too as well yeah but you know i also think that uh, i mean she there were like a lot of problems with these characters and with the general concept of savior complex but then i wonder is it really that bad i think i mean cat did end up helping a lot of people and she was so passionate about this and this really uh, create like she always created a huge impact so so maybe it's this theme is more nuanced and maybe we can't just will nice people who have the savior complex Yeah I yeah mean, and I think in the process also cat did like go on sacrificing a lot of her needs um you know I mean um to make a point she did have like she did get fired from her job because yeah. she felt that she had to you know like this is something she had to do no one else is going to do it else so yeah I mean she did sacrifice her career and her general well being she was pretty much homeless after a point I think uh, Parina definitely has a point that uh, even if uh, from whatever place it's coming in, people all most probably have a good intention for um, uh, doing that. But um, often, you know, uh, again with the with the sacrifice and everything, it it kind of becomes uh, it's kind of romanticizes that sacrifice and it uh, sort of becomes like an expectation. You know, especially we see that in women and we see that you know in. Uh, in romantic partners and all of that so i think that is also when it slightly becomes a uh, slightly gets uh, problematic yeah i think in a lot of cases people tend to be the white knight because their intentions are misplaced so savior complex manifests in men in a lot in a, in a lot of different ways and i think this could be stemming from the patriarchal thinking and unconscious bias and a lot of societal expectations as well yeah i mean i don't know if how men are brought if this is how men are brought up but, but they always end up feeling that they need to save women in every situation like whenever there's a dangerous situation they feel that it's their obligation to stand up while i mean it may not even be the right decision at that point the women may not even need them to intervene especially with violence it often leads to aggravating the situation as well but they just feel the need to uh, step in and save the woman and save the day and be the i don't know knight in shining armor so uh, and maybe women often also have this unjust expectation from men but yeah this savior complex in men is particularly harmful definitely yeah parana i mean um, those situations could be equally harmful for men as well they feel to realize that um i think i have had this discussion and fight with my father also that you know he he'd not let me travel alone at night mm-hmm. uh because he'd say oh, the roads are empty and it's not safe but at the same time when he has to do it he'd be like no i'm fine it's i'm you know i'm a guy mujhe kuch nahi hoga 
you know actually statistically the world is equally harmful for men and women because uh, we just hear about all these rape cases but most of them are actually by known people and you know relatives so and men have an equal chance of getting kidnapped or murdered so the whole idea of mm. you know keeping women safe inside their homes that men feel the need to do mm. is actually extremely misplaced yeah and i think varuna like rightly said no that this comes both internally and externally and uh, societal expectations have a huge part to play in this so i mean even right now like whenever i go back from you know like late night and there always be a guy who would say text me when you reach home i mean that's such a sweet gesture but i'm like why how will that help anybody <laughs> and like even even in movies like um, so like janetu is my favorite movie right but uh, we never talk about how in like like the very first scene aditi is making fun of jay like to kitta fattu hai you couldn't even stand up mm. when that guy was being rude to me and he's like dude you were being rude to her you you practically slapped him so bachane ki zarurat tere ko nahi usko thi and you know and like the entire thing was that no like jess like i don't feel the need to fight and i can be a savior i can be there for you without you know like getting into a physical altercation fighting your battles yeah which he actually does do in the end but uh, well that's bollywood <laughs> and also uh, i think one more thing is that uh, you know a lot in a lot of the situation the savior complex in uh, romantic partners uh, not only comes from a place of you know protecting somebody but also from a sense of entitlement um you know like kabir singh is a very big example so like the whole preeti ko koi haath nahi lagayega is not about saving preeti it's about you know she is mine and so mm. you know like stay away from her which is i think every bollywood movie ever yeah i mean definitely it's not about uh, protecting her it's about controlling her environment and you yeah. know a, asserting a, the dominance hmm so even when you know like uh, we are told that okay you should not go out at night because it's unsafe it's more about you know uh controlling your movement and your mobility hmm. uh disguised as uh, trying to save you which is again i think you know in almost everything uh, uh, if you talk about uh, you know love jihad and everything where they say that you want to protect our women it's i think just about controlling women in the end yeah and again i think the idea of love jihad is uh is thinking that women have absolutely no agency they uh, do not think before making any of these decisions and they can just somehow be easily swayed so we need to protect them which is um so annoying because you're infantilizing adult women who are making decisions to marry yeah and also this narrative you know in married men who uh, you know once once they get married and they plan to start a family they tell their wives that you know i'll take care of you well i'll never make you work a day and you know you don't have to go out of the house but i think the idea that their wife is working only because they can't afford to be a single income household is wrong um they you know they feel the need to be the protector in the situation and they fail to understand that their wife could be actually very passionate about her career and going out working and you know earning money gives her this kind of you know sense of fulfillment comes to your point of having this conditioning i think that men have about mm. certain gender roles that they need to do these things and they need to be the 
protector and red winner of the family um i think uh, moving on from this like um while definitely men are the flag bearers of uh, savior complex um there is also um you know a common narrative that feminists uh, among you know like uh, early wave feminists and uh, white upper caste feminists that uh, we look down upon women who choose to stay at home or um, take up caregiving duties or let's say dress modestly so uh, we uh, people tend to attribute attribute it all to their conditioning and say that okay you are oppressed uh, without realizing their reality and situation so you know like uh, telling women okay you are you are making this decision to stay at home so you are oppressed but you don't know that you are oppressed okay so i think that also is somehow you know uh, savior complex only like and so um, i think that you know is imposing your idea of and freedom uh, your idea of freedom and liberation on others which i think is a very subtle but an equally problematic uh, aspect of savior complex yeah i mean i've got to admit that um i mean i know we're all unlearning and learning these things so i've been guilty of having some of these thoughts as well so recently this year during karwachot i was feeling um extremely annoyed by everything that was going on and feeling like it's this this most unfeminist thing and why do even people still participate in and i mean so while the festivities were going on i was getting really annoyed but i i uh, i actually got to learn about the other side of things and how uh, people really enjoyed doing this for their spouses it was an act of love and an act to really you know dress up celebrate be part of the festivities um be part of the social circle of women around you even something women got to connect over and you didn't really need to do all of the regressive things you could just maybe not keep the fast or be more feminist and have both of them keep the fast so i mean everybody has their own ideas and probably thinking that we need to save people from karwachod was wrong <laughs> yeah yeah so a lot of yeah so like in a lot of these situations you know this these ideas could be coming from a place of privilege so you know you being on the other side of things did not really have to face the consequences when you know you're talking about oh this is so annoying why are women even doing this So one you know classic example or classic instance that comes to my mind is have you guys seen that movie No One Killed Jessica? So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Vidya Balan she she plays um, the sister Jessica's sister who who's like fighting for justice, and Rani Mukherjee is the reporter. And I mean after the situation with the after a point Vidya Balan is just like he I give up. I mean I I don't want to fight this fight because I have no life. and you know rani mukherjee is constantly um, shaming her for giving up and for not fighting for justice for her sister mm-hmm. and you know vidyavalan is just like my parents are dead i mean i think her father died and her yeah. mom was on deathbed and she had she's like i have no social life i'm 30 years old i i mean i need to live my life also now mm-hmm. i can't be keep doing this for your you know sake of, of this, yeah. publicity yeah I mean, yeah, definitely. I think until now, every example that we have discussed, every uh, be it cat or anybody, um, the reason that people uh, they were so ego to you know uh, like um, to sacrifice everything and to be there for everybody is because they know that they come from a place of uh, 
all sorts of privilege where they are immune to any sorts of consequences to what may happen so even when um, so i think yeah that also needs to be considered the realities of an individual before telling them what is right or what is wrong for them hmm now so talking about privilege so in a world where there's you know so much inequality then would it really be that bad if someone with means does help others so like take the case of sonu sood who in back in march 2020 um helped so many people reach home sure everyone did you know sang praises about him and he got a lot of good publicity also out of it but that happened only because he helped several hundreds of people <clears throat> yeah i mean definitely there is no denying and we can't take that away from it i mean a uh, savior complex might have like the term in itself might have a lot of negative connotations but i think the idea in itself is uh, not entirely negative so i mean if we were to actually you know define it what makes it good or bad so i mean i'd like to personally say that if it comes from a place of genuinely trying to help others to you know reduce inequality be it economic social or political um then it's definitely you know good but when it comes from a place of being a hero or being you know being the center of things when you want to make it about yourself which a lot of people do in fact a lot of celebrities also do like they kind of completely hijack mm-hmm. the situation um uh, let's say akshay kumar comes to my mind in probably i mean practically every social situation out there so uh, it comes from a place of becoming the hero and becoming the brand for that so i think um yeah that's when uh, you know you start having those negative ideas associated with it yeah should the i mean if people do realize their privilege and acknowledge that they do have the means to you know help others and they actively do something about it so i don't think that really counts as savior complex i think it's more of a altruist character that they have probably mm-hmm. um yeah so and it's and you know sometimes i feel that a lot of times that you know these rich people they they do um they do charity events and um uh, uh major donations could it be out of guilt but then again how is that wrong either if they do feel guilty and uh, you know that oh they have so much and a lot of people do, don't have as much as them even that i would feel is wrong because ultimately it is benefiting someone ultimately someone's life is improving because of that i mean in fact even if not guilt even if it's coming from you know like uh, uh, government mandates even then it's not wrong mm. even if it's coming out of your complete csr policies i think even then it is not wrong it's completely like yeah spend and like i said shruti i think there's a reason why these mandates exist right it's in such an unequal world if we don't do this and we've recently seen the exact state of this unequal world right there was a recent report for india fared really badly and india is actually extremely unequal where the top 10% have the income of uh, have about 57% of the total income so uh, and you know despite that people have this idea somehow that helping others or giving them money uh, will spoil them and it makes them lazy and people need to work hard to achieve it and and we have this idea often about rich countries helping poor countries and they give this justification you know, we can't help keep helping the poor countries and can't keep donating to those countries because then they will not work for themselves mm. but actually i mean 
according to economics in a lot of uh, cases uh, just helping a little bit monetarily goes a really long way uh, like i read somewhere that uh, if you give certain subsidies to the farmers or or certain amount of uh, incentives to the farmers and you pay for uh, their fertilizers for instance that can lead to really long term consequences in terms of the yield and eventually they wouldn't even need these handouts so uh, yeah i mean so in basically in conclusion um uh, you know the kind of help that needs to be provided depends majorly on the situation and you can't generalize that if we you know if we always do this then you know they're going to become lazy and and never do something about themselves so yeah this is something that cannot be generalized and you know also when we um, talk about uh, uh, this you know this a uh, whole narrative around uh, uh, how giving handouts like this entire term giving handouts will spoil or make them lazy it's also about i think shocking responsibility where you don't want to take up the moral obligation that you have living in a civilized society where you know we we should work towards uh, creating less inequality and uh, Okay, towards a more egalitarian society, and so you know by saying that okay, it's not it's uh, it's not on me. Um, it's basically a coping mechanism, right? Because we see that there is so much inequality out there, and uh, it's not possible. We feel sometimes so overwhelmed that it's not possible for us to do it. So it's easier to become desensitized rather than uh, you know do something about it. But also on the other hand, um, we expect the billionaires to you know like. do a lot and uh, share that their wealth and so we feel that that expectation is not unjust like i personally never feel that i think that they do like when they are you know like their wealth is going uh, up and down hundreds of millions every day they definitely have a moral obligation of uh, giving it back to the society hmm. right i mean so when mckinsey scott um uh, and jeff bezos divorced um, there was so much talk in the media about how much um, money mckinsey got is getting out of the divorce and what her net worth is now but i think we all have seen how she has done things for the society she has donated billions and billions of dollars to multiple organizations and and i think that is something which a lot of people did expect and a lot of people were surprised also by it so i think that is something a lot of billionaires should do people with so much wealth should do um i mean i think uh, yeah uh, apurva it's quite interesting that you uh, bring up mckenzie scott and i mean she's definitely getting all the kudos for uh, being uh, such a huge philanthropist but uh, it also reminds me of this recent netflix documentary that i saw which was something around um, can billionaires save the world so this is probably like a very uh, you know like a very universal expectations where we have from you know like from ultra the ultra rich that they should be um, you know doing giving away their wealth for the wealth fair and i personally hold that belief and i that's one of the reasons that i really love bill gates because you know he's he's not just having a foundation just for the sake of it and he's actually working on grassroots solutions like he's working on issues such as creating sanitation and clean water in africa on vaccinations and healthcare and you know clean energy and like you know things that could actually have a, a huge impact and also why i don't like bezos and musk because you know like um, i mean we see a lot of people who justify you know their uh, space endeavors and their all of their uh, 
you know personal expenditures by saying that you know they've earned it and they you know they deserve to spend it the way they see it but you know what these are the same people who you know were very angry with mckinsey getting all of that money and were happy that she's giving it away because you know somehow they feel that she's not earned it so if she's got it she should you know like give it away in charity but you know that same expectation is probably not from musk and bezos so bezos can go ahead and set up you know like a foundation just for the sake of it which is you know not doing much and you know that's still fine because you know he's a self-made man and so like you know like basically that billionaires don't owe us anything so if whatever they're doing is just out of the very good you know the goodness of their heart and everything so i mean yeah i think it's completely justified for us to expect them to you know give huge chunks of their wealth for the welfare and not just you know give the money but actually you know systemically invest in uh, improving things all around you know especially considering the earn of the exploitation and labor of these yeah. everyday normal people they should mm. definitely do more for their welfare and mm. you know i mean not even just like charity but generally i mean yeah. so closer home we have all these ideas of philanthropy probably i think instilled in us from a very young age so uh, you know and we've grown up uh, hearing stories of jamshed ji tata who built a whole city around his industry so that his workers were had benefits had good housing had good schools so mm. i mean there is the idea of helping people that we've always heard so Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you know, Parana, when you mentioned that exploit, like you know, they earned their profit out of exploiting people, I I actually thought the same thing, but then I thought this is an entire discussion in itself, Definitely. and we just like go completely <laughs> off topic, and this is going to be another two-hour-long thing. <laughs> Definitely, we I have mean, to do that sometime. I mean, yeah, these are the same uh, billionaires and you know high net worth individuals who are happy to invest huge chunks of their wealth into backing politicians because they know that these are the same. politicians which will in turn help them in their business right you know like uh, giving money to a political campaign is not a is not a is not a direct investment right you know not getting a percentage return on it it is in principle so why not you know mm-hmm. spend that much money in principle and actually charitable uh, you know endeavors like why is that such an unjust expectation right so there is a faction of ultra rich doing their bit to make the world a better place but i sometimes feel that in situations where there's a lot of publicity about you know helping in charity it becomes more performative and kind of superficial you know i think this is also because being woke and helping people has almost become the new cool thing so this is what you can actually profit off of in all of those ways and i mean even a lot of small time influencers Uh, especially during the pandemic posted a lot of videos of helping the underprivileged which was i mean really the photos and all were not useful at all I means people's life are not something they meant on display of course they did not have their consent to be put on social media and to put before the public they just wanted to show that they were doing something good and with their own publicity for i mean obviously selfish reasons So I mean there are better ways of inspiring people to do the same they could have just told about it instead of invading people's privacies mm-hmm. could have raised awareness about something but but their intention was to just show the world that they are also doing good work which obviously comes from a wrong place Yeah like I like how Regha Jha actually raises awareness she would you know every month post about some uh, organization that she is donating to and 
she'd write about them that what they do and how they're impacting the world and she'd actually i'm pretty sure a lot of her followers have donated i think parana you have you know when she posts about some charity that you know that a cause that really strikes a chord with you i i think i do remember that you did yeah, and i think i was just felt... generally inspired by her idea of you know the way she did charity and the way she yeah. um she talked about how she also learned this these ideas around charity and donating so that was actually helpful and i mean these influencers these famous people have famous people have so much following they have such a huge responsibility so they can actually do it in better ways Hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think Parana, where the point that you mentioned, no, that how become like being woke is like uh is being uh is the new cool thing. So uh, there's like uh we or we, like uh, the recent activism show that came up, no, that was like uh, madam, they made a dhanda out of it that you know, like just show us how woke can you be and how much of an activist can you be, and then we'll reward you. You really you compete with each other and compete with how many bases of social media and how much of a following you can generate bases of your activism, and then we will uh, reward you. Um. I'm. I'm not sure what was happening to the cause. I think only the individual was getting the money, but all of that. Um... So before we wrap up this episode, uh, let's talk about how as individuals, you know, we are doing our bit to make the world a better place. So one thing I have recently learned and realized is that uh, actually a lot of our Uh, capital is a result of privilege, right? I mean, even if we're earning from our first jobs, it's because all of this accumulated social and cultural capital that we had all this while we went to the best schools, the best colleges, which is why we have this job. The reason we're earning a certain amount of money and why someone else is not is because of these opportunities and our privilege. So the least we can do to make the world like more equal, in a sense, is to give back a little bit so this whole idea of contributing so that and uh, and redistributing wealth in a sense i mean maybe right now we can't really redistribute our wealth and it it won't really become equal but we can start by doing our small bits at least because i mean you don't have to be a billionaire to have this responsibility we probably definitely have more than if we, we've even worked hard for i mean there are people who are working harder and not able to earn as much so in in such an unequal world where everything you do is determined by your privilege and where you come from this is i think the least we can do and start contributing in our small ways so even if we just do a monthly thing where and you know i used to get really overwhelmed because there is so much wrong with this world and there are so many causes we get passionate about right so i started this monthly charity thing where i would pick up a cause and contribute a certain percentage of my income to that cause each month so uh, i mean this uh, this would help me uh, move away from this idea of deciding uh, how much you know is appropriate to contribute am i even doing enough when i've fixed a certain amount uh i don't have to think about that and i can just pick a different uh, cause each month so that uh there is no uh, decision paralysis in a way uh so so that is something that has helped me and not just monetary we can probably use our privilege in terms of the social capital that we have in other ways right so a colleague recently had a cyber harassment issue 
and and i have certain people in my network who are experts in the field so so the least i could do was connect her with those people and make sure that her case is heard quickly and the problem is solved so i mean we can always do our bit in terms of our social capital right and and i'm not sure if this is making the world a better place but uh, this is just a small bit that we can do yeah i think this is a very good note to end this episode and this is one thing we both have learned from parana what us that what we can do to um, do our bit and with this i think we should wrap this episode up thank you everyone for joining in see you in the next episode of the mahila collective